This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. Welcome back. This is Catherine Klein on Dollars and Change. And I'm Cheryl Coolen. And we are listening to Leon Bridges, but we're also talking about social impact. Uh, and uh, um, You're on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. On Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl. You know, I could use a little bit of it. <laughs> I don't think I've said that so often, right? Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, on Sirius XM 132. 32. Yes, we are here. We are talking with guests about uh, the social impact of business and um you know what we get to talk about every week and in, in just with a fascinating range of guests. Our next guest is Julia Pimsler. She's the author and founder of Million Dollar Woman. So uh, great to have you on the show, Julia. Welcome. Thank you. How are you doing this morning? We are great. Do we, are, well. we are great. Uh, tell, great. Us, tell us about Million Dollar Women. What is, William, sure. what is Million Dollar Women? What is your mission? We have a mission of helping one million women entrepreneurs get to one million in revenues. Wow, that that this uh, this grew out of a book I wrote called Million Dollar Women, and that book was telling my own journey of building a million dollar plus business called Little Pim, which is language teaching for young children. That's little and then P I M from my last name Pimsler. And when I got my business up into the multi-millions, I looked around and said, where are the other women? And there weren't very many of them, which is when I learned that very few women in America ever get to a million. Yeah, yeah. So so let's talk about what those barriers are. You know, we, we hear that women are starting businesses. We certainly hear that there's a challenge when it comes for to you know, getting uh, angel investing, getting venture capital. So as you think about you know, what you're seeing uh, as you work with uh, female entrepreneurs, what kind of barriers are, do, do women need to overcome that are making, you know, as you said, that there are not very many women who are reaching this milestone? What's getting in the way? Well, a few things. First of all, just to set the numbers so folks who haven't been following this issue as closely as I have, the number of women entrepreneurs who get to $1 million in revenues, which is really just considering getting off go in the business world, right? That's not massive success, like right. hang up your hat and put your feet up on your desk now. <laughs> That's like you're kind of getting revved up and can get going. So do you know those numbers? Have you guys seen those numbers? I think I've probably seen them, but I definitely can use a refresher. So you can't, I, I will fail the test if you ask me. So let's just, <laughs> let's, let's skip that line and go straight to telling, uh, you know, telling our listeners and us what those numbers are. Absolutely. So the number of women in America who have their own businesses who reach one million in revenues is fewer than 3%. Mm. Three, so it's a little 3% tiny number. 3% of... Fewer than 3% of women entrepreneurs uh, ever uh. get to $1 million in revenues. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then if you add the color lens, and we have a lot of women in our community who are African-American, Latina, Asian-American, it's fewer than 1%. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really why we set up Million Dollar Women, is we saw this huge disparity between the number of women launching businesses, and we are launching businesses 
at twice the rate that men are right now. There's just an explosion of women in entrepreneurship for reasons we can get into. But then very few of us are scaling up. And so that's what we set out to fix. So, Julia, women. for comparison, what percent of male entrepreneurs get to one million? It's about 6% of male entrepreneurs okay, so get to it's one about million half. revenue. So okay. twice as likely if you are a male to reach that million-dollar mark. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Yeah, Th- those are right. Great question, Cheryl, because it's um, you know, it's important that we, uh, you know, that you put this in context and understand that entrepreneurs um, are struggling. Uh, period. That it's a challenge. Um, but you know that that it's it is this much harder for women. So, Julia, what do you do uh, in in the company to support and help women? Well, we've aggregated a lot of resources that have been hard to find up until now all in one place. So my own personal story is that I got my business to a place where I was making about five hundred, six hundred thousand in revenues, the language teaching business I mentioned before, Little right. Pim. Right. And then I got really stuck. I could have easily been one of those companies that had to shut down or that just never figured out how to scale up. So this is all very personal to me. Uh, I went through a very dark time where I even thought about stopping the business or finding a different CEO to run it. I was lacking confidence. I didn't go to business school. I don't have a finance background. So it's really hard for me to figure out how to get past that hurdle of, you know, just hitting that half million dollar mark. And I was fortunate to find mentors and coaches and an entrepreneurs organization and a community of other entrepreneurs to help pull me forward. And I then did raise venture capital and scale up my business. So we are making it much easier for women who don't have access to these communities. I live right here in New York, so, so it's a easy, huge yeah. entrepreneurial ecosystem that I can tap into. But that's not true for women living in places like you know Arizona, deep Florida. So we created an online program. It's a four-month business course called Million Dollar Women Masterclass. And women can take it from their computers or from their phones. Our idea was how can we make this easy for women who have a business and are doing well but don't know how to get to that million-dollar mark to get there more easily. Interesting. So is this uh, so is million-dollar women, uh, is it just an online course? Is it a community? What else? Do, if I sign up, uh, you know, what, what am I going to? What am I going to? What happens? Yeah, what happens? I'm a part of the million-dollar women world. So we have three ways we are achieving our mission of helping one million women get to one million of revenues. We have this online business program, a four-month business coaching program, Million Dollar Women Masterclass, and we'll be graduating about 200 women this year. We graduated 100 women in 2018. And then we have an annual summit here in New York City for 200 high-growth women entrepreneurs, and that's where we bring in keynote speakers and successful women who've already built multi-million dollar companies to help coach the next generation. We also have a pitch competition at that, so someone walks away with $50,000. It's a really exciting full-pack day of learning and community building among high-growth women. And the third thing we have is a nonprofit program called Women Who Dare. And that is specifically to help women of color who are only getting to a million at that less than 1% rate I mentioned before. And so in that program, we have scholarships so that women can access all of these materials for a partial cost. And that one, we've been graduating about 20 women per class. Sounds sounds like a a fabulous uh, program. And I'm curious... You know, are you seeing other organizations, other companies in this space? Are you, uh, you know, still, is this this still early days and you are really a pioneer? I mean, we hear a fair amount about, you know, uh, efforts to raise venture capital for women and so on. What I don't, what's not clear to me is, you know, how how much uh, impact 
is are, are these programs and companies having? Is it still very early days and you're, you're feeling like you're a pioneer or like you got lots of compatriots trying to do similar things? So I'm not actually in the help women raise venture capital space for the simple reason that very, very few women proportionally are raising venture capital. Mm. You know, venture capital gets a lot of attention in the media, mm. but it's a very small percentage of any entrepreneurs who even seek venture capital, and for women it's an even smaller percentage. So we run about 11 million women. There are about 11 million women-run businesses in the U.S., and fewer than, let's say, 1% of them are actually raising venture capital. Most of these businesses are services businesses. They're in healthcare, They're in education. They're mm-hmm. in consulting. And they would never be a good fit, many of them, for venture capital. Now, many of them could get business loans, angel investment, online fundraising. So part of what we teach in Million Dollar Women Masterclass is how do you figure out what is the right capital for your business and how can you access that? And sometimes it's venture capital, but very often it's not. Got it. Um, We're talking with Julia Pimsler. She's the author and founder of Million Dollar Women. And if you are a woman or a man thinking, oh, wait a minute, this woman has lots of great advice on how to build companies, uh, call us. We're at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. Julia, so while you're doing this, and we, you know, we can hear the passion and the expertise in, in about this work, are you still running Little Pim? What's happening with your company? We your other company? <laughs> yeah, we are fortunate that we found an amazing new CEO to run the company. With my board and investors, we looked at how we could best face the big, exciting changes in our field because we are uh, we started out as a video company and then very quickly moved into digital streaming and now a subscription model so three years ago after i wrote million dollar women decided this was really my new calling to help women scale up their businesses and so we found an amazing new ceo she's been running the company for the last three years now and i'm still on the board i'm still founder but no day-to-day role so that i can be fully devoted to helping women across the country scale up their businesses so, Julia, when when I'm thinking about the um, the gap between women getting to million dollar businesses and men, um, is this a matter? It's a matter of capital. It sounds like it's also a matter of lack of knowledge. Is it also the kinds of businesses women are developing? Is is is, is there some sort of trend in that that makes it harder for them to think about how to make it a bigger business, or is that is that not the case? No, that's a, that's, that is definitely a piece of the puzzle, is that women are starting businesses in industries that are sometimes harder to scale, like yeah. services businesses. But that being said, there are plenty of men and women who have scaled up services businesses to be two, ten, twenty million dollar businesses. It often comes down to strategy. That's what I'm seeing, is that the women who come to us at Million Dollar Women are all very smart, very driven, very ambitious often running companies making between 100000 and 800000 which is nothing to sneeze at, no, right? Right. because 97% of women-run businesses make under 100000 in this country. Yeah. So the women we're seeing have figured something out and are really good at what they do. The part they haven't always figured out that we help them with is what is the right strategy for scaling up. Because so often when we start a business, we just get on what I call the entrepreneur's hamster wheel. And we're just running round and round. You know, every day there's a longer to-do list, and it doesn't leave time for working on the business, not in the business, which means, do I have the right strategy? Am I seeing around corners? Do I have the right capital? Will this business get me to reach the 
business and personal goals that I have? And those are the types of questions we get women to stop and ask in our program and then help them answer them with our curriculum and our mentors. So, sounds great. And the, the nonprofit arm of this, um, to, you know, that's allowing you to uh, reach more women of color, is this a separate program or is this really integrated and, you know, it, it's sort of a, I mean, what we might call the blended finance model where you're able to get philanthropic dollars as well as other investment dollars to grow both of these programs. How do they, do they work in tandem? What's, what is this like? Yes, we're growing Million Dollar Women and Women Who Dare side by side. So we're all in the same community. We're all women scaling up our companies. The only difference with the Women Who Dare program is that the women come into our community on partial scholarship. We don't believe in free because Mm -hmm. skin in the game is very important. So everyone pays something, but they, they are partially covered by the scholarship, which is paid for by individuals, foundations, and corporations who want to see more women of color succeed. And then they have a program director who is fantastic. She is an angel investor. She's African-American. She's very connected to funding resources and brings in successful women of color entrepreneurs who can help answer questions and serve as guides to the women in our community who face all the same obstacles women face and then additional obstacles as women of color. So we're big believers in naming those obstacles and helping women get around them. Right. And, and you raised a point that you had just hinted at about why why there are more women interested in becoming entrepreneurs. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing in that area? Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I graduated college, I saw so many of my classmates, women, go off into big law firms right. and investment yeah. banking. And I went to an Ivy League school, and, you know, that was the goal. That was the plum. Was right, to you went to the big, big corporation. Company. Right. Exactly. But that has entirely shifted now, as I'm sure we've, we've all seen and even in our personal circles, that now one in ten women wants to be an entrepreneur, studies have shown. So that is now the plum, is to own your own business. And I, I very much understand why. We know that millennials over-index in caring about work-life balance and meeting personal goals. And becoming an entrepreneur allows you to have a lot more freedom and control over what your life is. However, there is that little caveat that what people don't talk about in entrepreneurship is that often people start businesses because they want more freedom, they want to make more money, they want to have more flexibility. And in some cases, it's the exact opposite. Because if you don't scale up your business, you could actually work way harder than you would work for a corporation, make a lot less money, and have fewer benefits. (laughs) So that's one of the reasons we're so motivated at Million Dollar Women, to help more women build scalable businesses, because that's when you get that freedom, that income, and that ability to build the life you want. So tell us uh, more about the kind of advice and and counseling you're giving uh, these women entrepreneurs. So if they're not in the program, what kind of, you know, if they're... If we can get a little bit of the benefit of your wisdom, what kinds of um, lessons, strategies are you defined that are core to what you do? When when I wrote the book, Million Dollar Women, we interviewed women across the country who had built multi-million dollar businesses. So I told my story of building Little Pim and then interviewed all these women. And we all agreed that you really just needed to master three things to go big. And in our world, going big means getting to a million and then keep going. Right. So those three things are the right mindset, the right skill set, and the right network. Right. And those are the three things we focus on in Million Dollar Women Masterclass. We start with mindset because usually women who have not yet scaled up their companies, it's because they have some issues they need to work through around their vision for themselves, for their companies, 
feeling ready to go big, maybe work on some concerns or fears about what that would look like. You know, what else would they have to give up? If you take investment, do you lose control over your company? If you hire a staff, does that mean that you're working all the time managing people? You know, there can be a lot of fears about going big. So we start with mindset, and then we round out their skill set. We have eight business modules that cover all the main pillars that you need to get right in your business. So it's everything from strategy to distribution to marketing to uh, efficiency, building powerful networks. What are the main things you need to master in order to scale up your business? So they do these eight video modules, and then we bring in mentors because we're big believers that talking to someone who has been there, done that, is the fastest way to get to success. So we have 20 business mentors who have built multi-million dollar businesses in every possible industry. And the women in our program are able to have one-on-one conversations with them and let them kick the tires on their strategy, their marketing plan, and make sure that they are building a scalable, profitable company. Yeah, yeah. because I imagine the, the network piece is, is hard for women entrepreneurs and people, you know, women of color who may not have in their immediate family, their immediate neighborhood, the kind of network that others may have access to. Certainly is more challenging when you don't come from a community where you have that automatic entree. At the same time, we have so many examples out there, you know, from Tony Robbins to Oprah, of people who started with nothing, and sometimes in very challenging home situations and, you know, did not grow up with a lot of money, who've become mega successes. So it's certainly not a determinant, it's just an extra hurdle. And that, again, is why we start with mindset. Because if you get the mindset right, then you will go seek out the skills for the skill set, and you'll go join those networks. But let's say you skip mindset and say, well, let me just get into the room with a bunch of powerful people. You wouldn't actually have the confidence or the right mindset to even go to those events and know what to do when you got there. Uh, We're we're talking with Julia Pimsler. She's the author and founder of uh, Million Dollar Women, also the uh, founder of uh, a company called Little Pim. Um, Julia, as I'm, I'm thinking about what this is, must be like for you, um, you know, to go from uh, building your own company to writing a book to creating a company to do this, how has how has teaching and and creating a company to do this um, changed you? You've you've uh, been reflecting on lessons learned over and over again. I'm I'm thinking. That's a great question. I haven't been asked that. Um, I think so. Let me me take a minute to think about it. I I think the first thing that comes to mind is that when you're building a company, it's almost like you need to have this laser focus on this one thing. You know, when I was building Little Pim, my language teaching company for young children, which is still, you know, up and running and we're in 22 countries, still thriving, all I thought about every day, all day was, you know, how do we reach more parents who want to teach their kids a foreign language? Now that I'm helping women scale up, it's a much more uh, panoramic view, if you will, in the sense that it's been such a privilege to get to know thousands of women across America who have these dreams for building big, successful businesses and are so smart and so ambitious and so talented, but just don't have the full picture in order to get there. And so I'm seeing a lot of really interesting trends and confirming some hunches I had coming out of writing Million Dollar Women about what is holding women back. Mm. And I can share a couple of those. Those would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So two things I'm seeing across the boards with the women who come to us. One is that they tend to be a little bit uh, type A and control freaks, and I can relate to that because I'm a recovering perfectionist, which I talk about in Million Dollar Women. So you get this paradox where women who are very smart and high achievers will start a company because they've been 
um, celebrated for these talents they have. But the minute they start that company, that very skill of being type A and high achiever becomes their greatest liability. Hmm. Explain that and a little that bit because it sounds like, you know, type A, high achiever, wouldn't that be great for being an entrepreneur? Yeah, and you know what? It's great for launching a business, and it's great for getting to about a hundred or $200,000 in revenues. But then what I see is right around there, the women become their own biggest obstacles because they want to hold on so tight because they're worried that no one can do it as well as they can. And they have a lot of trouble handing off and delegating. And there's, there are almost no million-dollar businesses that got there without a team. Right. So it takes one set of skills to launch a business, being very good at delivering the work, but it takes a whole different set of skills to scale up the business. We call it going from being the doer to being the leader. Right. Yeah. So we're really your job when you're scaling is to hire the best people and enable them to do amazing work, not to do the amazing work yourself, because they'll, only, they'll always only be one of you, and you'll only have right. so many hours in the day, and exactly. you won't be able to scale. Interesting. Uh, and are, you, are the women that you're working with, are they, uh, you know, where, are they, where are they coming from? Where are they located? What kinds of businesses? What kinds of geographies? Oh, well, that's what's so fascinating. They're literally all over the country. We have women in Washington State, in Florida, in Arizona. We have one woman who lives on a boat in the Dominican Republic. We have a woman who's in Portugal, women in Romania. Um, We do a lot of advertising on Facebook and on the Internet, so women come to us from all over, mainly the U.S. We're about 98% U.S., but we do love having this uh, international mix, too. And more and more, business is international, so it's great for the women in our community to have those international networks. Yeah. But back to what we were saying earlier about how do you get access to this you know, uh, leveling up information, if you're in a city that has a strong entrepreneurial ecosystem, and I feel like people don't talk about this enough, right? If you're in Chicago or L.A. or New York, you can find your way to an accelerator mm-hmm. or to a business coach. But there are a lot of women building amazing businesses in small towns and in communities where there are no other entrepreneurs. And that's where a program like ours becomes a real lifeline to be around other high-growth women. Right. Julia, you know, we're sitting here on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania. We're, uh, you know, we're with Wharton. You mentioned you, uh, you know, we're at an Ivy League institution. Obviously, we're at an Ivy League institution in a business school. What's your advice to us about, hey, Wharton, be sure you're doing this if you really want to train and support your students to become, you know, your female students, your women, to become entrepreneurs. What kinds of things should we be sure that we are doing here at Wharton? Yeah, well, I will cite um, a study that's done every year which uh, interviews women entrepreneurs across America, and I'm blanking on the name of it for, for the moment. But they, they say that there's three things that come up every year in these studies of why women aren't scaling up as much as men are. And so I think this is where institutions like Wharton and all the amazing schools training women in entrepreneurship can step in. And the three things that come up every time are lack of access to role models, mm-hmm. lack of access to capital, and mindset blocks. Yeah. And the mindset is something you know we're very focused on at Million Dollar Women. In fact, my next book is about mindset for business people. Maybe we'll get into that in a minute. But the other two pieces are where 
the, the universities can really make a big difference. So invite women entrepreneurs into your community. I was just up at Harvard last week speaking with the entrepreneurship program there, and I had lunch beforehand, organized by someone who invited me, but a man, but he saw the importance of this. I had lunch beforehand with eight women on campus who either are interested in entrepreneurship or have already launched their business because more and more we're seeing young women in universities and in grad schools have already launched a business. They're not yeah. waiting. Yeah, right. So you that see that too. Is very significant. I'm already in email contact with several of them, helping to introduce them to investors. So that's one thing, is bring in women entrepreneurs so they can see what that looks like. Yeah. And the second thing is to teach about scaling, because I think very often there's too much focus on the launching yeah, right. and not enough on the scaling. Right. It reminds me when I had a baby, you know, I have two boys who were at 10 Julia, and 14. Julia, we we're, we're we've got to end this segment. I can see the clock ticking down. So Oh, goodness, we ran out of time. <laughs> we well, ran I out loved of having this time with you. Wonderful. Fabulous to have you with us. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.